Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's episode is with Ian Vernon. Ian is the CEO of Dark Matter AB, which is the creator of um, PenChat, I believe, a new social messaging app which has more than 300,000 number of users across the globe. Prior to that, he spearheaded and developed other technologies, and we are going to be talking about his background and his extensive knowledge with business, with entrepreneurship, and with maintaining apps. Welcome to the show, Ian. Thank you, Taylor. Um, just one correction there. There are actually more than 650,000 users now uh, on the app side. Well, there you go. More than 600, we're approaching a million. <laughs> there you go. Um, which is which is a testament to to the growth. When I was initially pitched this, it was you know at least three hundred thousand. That's and that's been a few months ago. So now that it's grown, I'm excited to hear more about what you've done to get to this level. So um, why don't you start though by telling us your background, the the background that you know started you on this journey where you now have uh, a social messaging app that reaches almost a million people. Uh, sure. Um, before I started. Um Dark Matter AB, which now we call actually Brand Spend. I actually started another company called Amantito. Um, that was way back in 2008. And we were dealing with um, customer experience management. So we are um, analyzing and collecting experiences that users have on their devices. Uh, that business was later acquired by Jingli, um, a okay, public listed company in China in 2011. And during that time, uh, we're looking at why can any of these new messaging applications or new social applications provide free phone calls to a normal phone number instead of an app-to-app call or app-to-app messaging. And that's where we started our journey. Uh, we look at can we actually provide free calls, especially in the third world countries. If you look at India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, uh, subcontinent of Asia, there's about 3.6 billion people. And most of them don't have fast internet connection. So we've said at the time, well, if we can provide a service to these people uh, that would allow them to call their loved ones, their friends for free, uh, that would be a service that would benefit society and also 
empower uh, people who don't have a very good uh, internet connection or who have never experienced the power of internet itself. So um, based on that, um, in 2015, we started working on PEN. And by 2016, somewhere in June, we launched the service publicly. So within less than a year, um, we have uh, more than 650,000 users. Wow, that's incredible. And the problem that you were trying to highlight earlier, the lack of internet access to some um, countries, I'm curious, how did you actually go about pitching that to uh, an investor and saying that you could help bridge that gap? Because that I've been in pitch meetings where people have tried to bring that up and a lot of the investors haven't been convinced that their solution would be able to bridge that uh, that gap with uh, lack of internet access? Uh, it, it wasn't that easy to present to investors because most in the West, in the Western world, most investors are attuned to having an internet connection so that you can connect for free to other people. You, We look at uh, IP to IP communications, right? But if we go back to Asia, um, I mean, the in Asia, the largest number of subscribers are all located in Asia. You have China, Indonesia, India, uh, hundreds of millions of users to billions of users. Now, when you look at those markets, the internet infrastructure is not very good. Um, so in our case, uh, when I've set up on this journey, I've said, well, we are able to connect people uh, with normal mobile communications. And to do that, we don't necessarily need pure IP. We can go from IP to non-IP and bridge that calls. So that's what we're doing today. Uh, from an IP call, if you are online, and we will terminate the call to a non-IP call to a normal phone number. It could be a land, uh, landline or a fixed network. Or it could be a mobile network, but without uh, internet connection. Hmm. By doing that, we also work with the telecommunications provider. So in some countries, for example, like Morocco, um, most of the IP to IP calls are not allowed. And we are still allowed because we are terminating the calls by uh, one of the mobile networks. Wow, wow, wow. So yeah, you found a system to go around that. And yeah, you are, I can see your background as a telecommunications engineer come through that, that response. Uh, so, okay, okay. So talk more about then... Well, you, it's, is it Pen Chat or PN Chat? Pen Chat. Well, we actually simply call it Pen. Okay, Pen. All right. Do you talk more about Pen and why it's so unique compared to other um, social messaging apps? Well, Pen is not actually not only a social messaging app. Um, if we look at social messaging, we typically think about WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, or we think about Facebook Messenger. Um, however, Pen is more than that. We actually call Pen a super app. Um, what it does today, you can make phone calls, you can have messaging, uh, messaging from IP messaging to SMS. Um, we have emergency services, we have location-based services, um, we have mobile commerce, um, uh, and we have discovery platforms. So if you are familiar with WeChat in China, because yes, WeChat, WeChat works differently outside China, WeChat in China is a, a similar category of super app. It does a lot of things for you. So in Pen, it, it does a multitude of things, not only messaging. Messaging is a small part. If you look into um, our users, most of their users are not messaging. It's mostly into one, um, the social media itself, uh, and communications, uh, mostly phone calls. And those phone calls are to normal phone numbers. Uh, not into an IP number. Wow, wow. Yeah, you know, I, I do have a lot of friends that use WeChat, and they've told me on multiple occasions that you can do anything on WeChat, whether it's order order film, order f food, or 
travel or whatever, you can do it on WeChat. So that is, is that where you see the technology trends going? Where apps um, can do in, it? In Asia, yes. Um, it's very difficult to bring the trend uh, into the Western world, say Europe or the Americas, especially North America, because we, we in this society are very used to one single app that does the best of what it do. And we're not used to the Asian concept of everything in one roof. So if, if you go to Asia, one thing you will notice is these huge, huge malls. They do everything for you. They have everything for you. Mm. And most people are used to that. Um, like in WeChat in China, a single application that can do a lot from social messaging all the way to shopping and all the way to finding your friends. And in our case, uh, the unique things we do are, um, one is the emergency services. We enable use our users to send emergency services and they can have their friends to respond to it. And more importantly, all our services will work um, even though there's no internet connection. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and for those listening, it's called Pen. And, you, and you, I just typed in Pen on uh, my app store here and it said Pen Chat Social and Personal. So it's an app that you can download um, out of your service. So if you're definitely interested in learning more how you can use this super app, you should definitely check that out. I'm, I'm, and I'll put that in the show notes for, for the listeners, uh, Ian. But you talked about those trends and you talked about the, the significant difference with the cultures with, um, Asia versus the Western world as it pertains to having one super app. I'm curious, in your, um, background, how do you feel like, um, the Internet of Things are, is going to continue to impact the future? Because that's, that's another topic that people keep talking about. And I don't know that, a lot of people understand the Internet of Things quite yet. So maybe you can start off by explaining what the Internet of Things is and how do you feel like that uh, sure. can impact um, Actually, when, when you talk about Internet of Things, I would say, well, that technology has been around for at least 10 years. Okay. Um, which started when, of course, you have the modems. Modems starts communicating um, with the network infrastructure. And so you have things connected to the Internet. Nowadays, when we talk about Internet of Things, we talk about applications um, uh, any devices that can connect to the internet and then you have an application that runs over it or an application that controls those devices, then that's our current definition of Internet of Things. Internet of Things is booming. I mean, it's in, in a few years, uh, I think you will have more than 50 billion devices um, that are connected or that are online. And this, of course, is a challenge to everybody because the large amount of data that we are transmitting in the network. In Sweden, for example, we have experimental 5G networks and that runs at more than 100 Mbps. Uh, this is to support the Internet of Things. This is to support huge amount of data being transmitted. Now, we as people, um, we actually call ourselves Internet of People, but we as people are part of those Internet of Things because we have our um, our phones, we have uh, Fitbit, for example, or we have smartwatch that is connected to the Internet, and it's transmitting not only our thoughts that we write or we mention or we say, but also our biometrics. It also transmits, um, for example, our heart rates or um, whatever we measure nowadays with all these devices and wearables. I'm so fascinated with this because I, you know, a lot of what I do is figuring out how to connect across cultures. And I told you earlier before the show, one of the reasons I started this podcast was to bridge that divide that exists with globalization and digitalization of things. Now, the Internet of Things seems like it's something that can bring more people together. And there are, you've got critics and you've got proponents of it. With the, well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and the critics are very loud. So are the proponents. So I, I, I imagine that's the same thing with some listeners listening now. So I, I guess 
for from someone that's so well versed in this, could you talk about the pros and cons, just so that the listeners get? Well, let's start with cons. Um, I don't know if everybody's aware, but way back uh, somewhere thir- last quarter of last year, there was a big um, denial of service attack that affected um, a lot of DNS servers and put several services like Facebook, WhatsApp uh, are down in several countries. Now, these were generated from various devices that were hacked. Um, the problem in the Internet of Things, as we see today, the older devices that are connected to the Internet don't have that level of security that the new devices have, and there's no real standard uh, how to secure all these devices. So that's the current problem. Although, of course, in the back end, you have your servers to create additional security. Now, most people don't want Big Brother to be watching and listening on what you're doing. Yeah. However, that is a trade of, of being online. If we wanted to be online, if we wanted to be reachable, um, there is always a possibility that somebody's actually looking into what we're doing uh, because we are connected to the internet. We're connected to the grid, as they say. Um, on the on the on the plus side, you have all these new services um, like Alexa, for example. Uh, all the beauty that your fridge can talk to you and do your own shopping, right? So that's the beauty of Internet of Things. Or your car can be connected; it can drive itself. Um, we've seen a lot of these driverless cars and driverless technologies. Um, even Uber starting to, uh, I should say, have driverless cars. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is very good in terms of how we progress the technology. Um, it can make our lives easier and safer. Um, when we have algorithms that work, then it's safer. Now, where people are very, very adamant of this technology is on artificial intelligence, on AI. If you look at the chatbots, for example, we have uh, Microsoft Touch um, and a few other chatbots that were released. Suddenly, the AI learned too quick but it learned the wrong things. Because like any machine, uh, it's good input equals to good output. But if you provide bad input, it will give you bad output. So part of us as being human is the responsibility to be able to control um, how the internal things evolve, how all these machines learn, right? So we can only teach machines um, the way we think we humans uh, are, are teaching it or the way we think. Yeah. And now, differently, um, machines don't have feelings like we do, although we simulate machines to have feelings. But what separates and what scares us is that a machine cannot feel, but it is very logical. Hmm. Hmm. And logic can be sometimes against to our humanity. And that's, that's, where, that's where I think the drawback are, where people are a bit scared of these new technologies that are coming in. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm listening to you, and I'm trying to figure out if I'm for or against it. <laughs> I can't tell yet, but I, I think I'm slightly. I, you know, I, you know, I think regardless of how we feel, we're moving towards that, regardless. And um, I think yes, if, I think we're still stopping the technology um, towards uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Yeah, and most importantly, Internet of Things, because it's already there. It's already been there for ten years. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right. Now we're just adding devices and more uh, devices that are interconnected, not only connected to the internet, but interconnected towards each other. True, true. And Elon Musk is one of the people that talks about the AI and how that, you know, we got to be careful about that. So, um, yeah, so that we don't get too, too, uh, too technical with the podcast. Uh, I want to go on to some other uh, tips and tricks here. You, you're a serial entrepreneur. You know, you've launched several businesses and a lot of the listeners yes. here, a lot of the listeners here are, you know, millennials or younger people who aspire to own their own businesses, whether it's physically or in the digital age. I was wondering if you could talk more about your your first experiences and the failures and successes you've had, because, you know, 
Yeah, sure, sure, I will do. Um, first experience, actually, my, my parents, uh, my mom, um, runs her own business. So since I was small, I was uh, 11 years old, when I started uh, being more engaged um, into the family businesses. And when I went to university at the age of 14, 15, just before I turned 15, um, uh, my parents had a taxi business that I started to run. And from there, I realized, well, if I can run a small taxi business, maybe uh, later on we can start uh, working on some technology. So when I finished university um, in 96, uh, worked for uh, Ericsson Smart Communications and then met up with some Swedish guys who said, we can do something better with the technologies you're working in. We can create a new company back in Sweden. Uh, and that was the, the first company that I actually started together with a few guys uh, on my own. Came to Sweden with a backpack uh, in the middle of winter, freezing my ass off. Uh, <laughs> but it was, <laughs> it was worth it. So we didn't, um, from '97 um, when it started and all the way to '99, it was acquired by Safeco and then later Agile. Uh, and then the same company was sold three times, uh, actually. Wow. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. yeah so I mean, for, for a lot of us that are trying to start a company, it's not easy. It's a lot of hard work, but we have to stick to the vision that we have. And to say, okay, this is what we want to do. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to achieve. And the question is, how do you achieve that? And that's always the, the hardest question because we have a lot of visions, we have a lot of plans uh, as, as a founder or as an entrepreneur. But it's a question of how. And then it boils down into implementation. Right. So how do you achieve your success? Let's say, for example, if I look into Penn, I mean, we, for less than a year, uh, we've grown to 650,000 users and a bit more, and we're growing. So to, to, to achieve that, we, of course, have to look into how do we grow? Uh, how do we focus on our core markets, those people that will actually use our services? So if we look at the company right now, uh, there are what we call foreign workers. Um, they are typically neglected group of people. They work in the Middle East. They probably are from Bangladesh, from India, from the Philippines or Indonesia, or they would work globally. But there's 220 million uh, foreign workers. So you have to identify your niche market where you want to start your business. From there, you can grow and expand. So once it's, if you look at how Facebook started in the universities because you just want to um, exchange pictures and posts, and then it grows to the behemoth that it is today with uh, 1.8 billion users. So it all starts with something small, and then you look at your implementation, how to make it grow the way you want it to grow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, and the, the point that Ian is raising, nomads and ladies and gentlemen, is your focus. You've got to have 
your why and discover what that purpose is. What is it that you want to do and why is that so important to you? You know, I, I imagine with a lot of your businesses, you had a very, very strong uh, foundation on, on the, the reason why you feel like your your business matters. And then you focused on that. And that probably got you through some of the tough times where you might have faced rejection or you might have had to take a detour. But sticking through to that course of action and realizing that this actually impacts the bottom line or lives of your intended target uh, was probably what continued to make you uh, interested in entrepreneurship. Yes, yes exactly. I mean, the, the failures, the detours, they are very normal. They will happen in every business. And the way I look at it is that you encourage failure. Fail and fail fast. Because when you fail fast, you don't repeat the same mistake. You can create innovative solutions. You might need to change your business plan or you might need to change your business model. But if you can fail fast, then you know what is wrong. Then you can correct it immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I, I love that you share that story. Now, um, we talked about some technology trends. Internet of Things it has been here you know, for the last 10 years and it's only going to stay. You talked about a super app. Um, can you also talk about the evolution of mobile technology and its potential? Yes, uh, actually, that is that is a very, very interesting topic for me. I started in mobile tech uh, when it was 2G, as we call them, uh, second generation. Actually, I started in first generation. At that time, it was analog. Uh, it was arms and tax. I don't know if any of your listeners can actually remember that far back, way back in the early 90s, even late 80s, when uh, cellular communication started. Um, from there, we actually have data in second generation. And then we had third generation in early 2000s. Currently, we are in the fourth generation. Um, what is happening uh, and what is coming is the fifth generation and the data speeds and bandwidth are increasing, which means, let's say, for example, today at 4G, you could stream um, with Netflix and it would take you three minutes to download an entire uh, movie. Uh, with the fifth generation networks, you will be running um, in cellular, at least in mobile, you'll be running more than 100 uh, GGPS. That means that you can actually download uh, a movie in less than uh, 60 seconds. So where we're moving, um, especially with the Internet of Things, the amount of data is growing, and we need to be able to support that in the network. And mobile network, more importantly, because a lot of the devices are actually wireless. They are not connected to, to um, any of your wired facilities or your fiber cables. Uh, if you look at a country like Sweden, we have fiber to home. Uh, means that we can have one gigabit per second. Um, into our homes, but we have our mobile phones, we have um, our, uh, I should say, wearables that are producing data and then it will send it to the network. So there you need a very, very wide band network and also very, very fast. Hmm. I don't know if you have tried um, fifth generation already in the US, Teo? I mean, I, I think some phones have, I think, let me see, I'm looking at my phone, we have Something, it was 4G, there's LTE. I don't know if that's LTE, is 5G or not. Yes. No, LTE is actually 4G. So, you have so, so then LTE I haven't tried it. LTE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the highest my phone goes is LTE, and I haven't tried 5G. Yes, 5G is still experimental. Um, I think there are some experimental networks in the US already, but the biggest per experimental networks are actually in Sweden. Um, they are driven by Ericsson. I mean, Ericsson uh, coming from Sweden. And a lot of these are, um, I should say, it's happening around this area where we are in Sweden, in southern Sweden, uh, where Ericsson have a big uh, research facility. Yeah, wow. No, I mean, I, 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 am, I feel like I'm in 
the coolest school here just listening to you talk about all this stuff because <laughs> I you break it down so easily. So, okay, the mobile technology is definitely something that that's going to that that for sure is not going away and it's only expanding and the amount of things we can do with the speed that we have access to is going to continue yes. to increase. I come from Nigeria. Now, in Nigeria, I you know, I spent a lot of time in Nigeria and in several African countries. Nigeria mobile tech regardless of the internet infrastructure mobile is growing it's also growing in Kenya it's growing in several African countries I'm curious if you've looked into the African ecosystem as a lot of um, us 20-somethings are thinking of establishing businesses because I feel like Africa is primed for some of these opportunities that maybe Asia or you've seen in Asia where there's so much you can do definitely it's actually very, very exciting. Why? Because there is the, there's no old infrastructure that you have to worry about. Now, we, the, the young generation, I still consider myself that young, um, we look at, even though we, we will not be able to invest, say, billions of dollars in, in infrastructure, but we can create applications on top of the infrastructures. Mm. Because today, the, the telco networks, they're just pipes. They, they transmit data. What you do with the data, how you generate and how you process the data is what's important. If you look at the, the biggest companies um, or the most valuable companies today, they're no longer the pipes. They're, they're, it used to be Verizon. It used to be all these big telcos, right? Now it's Apple devices. Uh, now you have Microsoft uh, software. Um, now you have Facebook applications. So the future is really not necessarily spending billions and billions in infrastructure, but how do you make use of that infrastructure? Yeah. To, to allow the entrepreneurs, especially those who are starting out, that's how you have to think. How do you use that infrastructure so that it benefits your business? How can you use that so that you can actually grow your business based on those infrastructures? Because those infrastructure will be there. It will be available. You don't have to spend billions on it. Um, just do something that could actually be useful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a fascinating world for sure, and um, I can't wait to see where things go with that. Regardless of you know uh, the the way we're moving, do you have any? This is probably a little detour, but do you have any thoughts on how you know the the hacking um, system goes? Is that something that's related to what you do? Because you got the Sony emails of uh, the elections here, yeah, regardless of what what politics you side you side with where people say another country can impact like a whole decision. Is that something that we can safeguard against? You know, I'm, I'm uh, well, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a chicken and egg situation. Um, I would, I would put it away. Uh, it's all about security. Um, it's, it's securing your infrastructure, uh, hacking. I mean, it's been around since the advent of the internet. Uh, you, there are always something there that would actually try to do something else. Uh, in the old days, it was mostly for fun. Um, you hack a server because you can do it, and you can demonstrate that you are much better than the security expert they have in house. Nowadays, it's more, of course, a professional and political based hacking. Now, if you look at France, France just had their elections last weekend, right? Yeah. And the like in the U.S., um, the campaigns were hacked. Now, the difference was that the French were prepared. They actually put out misinformation um, in their servers so that hackers don't actually know what they're doing or what they are getting. So every day we learn. We learn how to protect our systems. We learn how to protect ourselves. 
Um, but it's something that won't go away. I mean, it's human nature to be curious. Uh, we always have to stay curious. And part of the being curious is how can I do better than the other guy? Yeah, yeah, very true. Very, very true. And, uh, I, you know, I, I did read about France put in the misdirection. I thought that was very, very interesting in their part. Uh, that's a good way to be proactive. All right, so Pen Chat, what's next for them? Oh, Pen, rather, you said Pen. What, what's next for Pen? Um, how is your super app going to continue to uh, um, dominate the rest of the market? Are you looking to stay primarily in Asia? Are you expanding more? You know, what's coming up? Yes, we, um, in the next uh, one or two years, we're actually really looking into Asia, um, especially the 3.6 billion people um, that has slow internet connection. We're discounting China because China have very good internet connection and it's a very difficult market to, to get into. I mean, one, my previous company before Penn was acquired by a Chinese company and I know how difficult it is. Um, for Pen, uh, there are, we are introducing new features that will come up. Um, they are mostly in regards to artificial intelligence, um, uh, helping our users create bots and improving our, um, shopping facilities. Now, growing outside Asia, uh, we're looking at that in two to three years time. Although today Pen users are in 168 countries, the largest users are still in Asia. Uh, we are now starting to see a lot of users in North Africa, actually, Morocco, Algeria, Egypt. Um, tell are you, using. Tell you, also you gotta at, go to uh, Africa. Yes, yes, it is. It is actually. We now have users also in Angola and Mozambique. Um, so Africa is, is starting to be a, a market for us and we're starting to focus on it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but you were talking about it's expanding. China obviously has its own thing. And for those listening, a lot of uh, chi- technology in China have you know it's it's done with their own version. They have their own version of Google, their own version yes. of Facebook, their own version of of you know everything. So you know, when you said you know excluding China, I just wanted to give that context to the audience because China already has their own ecosystem for a lot of the technologies that exist in the Western world. That is true. That is true. And they have technologies that don't exist in the Western world, uh, like all the super apps <laughs> that, that are there. But um, you, have to, you have to look at China as an isolated island, as a market that stands on its own because of the regulatory protection. Uh, it protects the local companies and any foreign companies that comes to China. I mean, Google and Facebook have learned their lesson that it's almost impossible to get into that market. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, this is exciting. So where can we find out more about uh, you and, and Penn? Well, uh, we have uh, on our website, um, www.penchat.net. And also, if you search on the App Store and in Google Play uh, for Pen or Penchat, then you'll see our applications. Um, most of the information, of course, are available on the web. Right. Oh, awesome. Now, I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. But, Ian, I can't thank you enough. Uh, before before we close, I want to sort of do some rapid-fire questions. But um, sure. this has been one of the most informational type of podcasts because you're talking a lot about what to expect today and, and the future to come so i just want to thank you for being graceful enough with that i really appreciate that um favorite country in the world ian is where favorite country uh, that's a good question uh, it's actually very hard for me to say a favorite country because i like every country that i go to i actually say that where my feet are standing i call it home ah uh, you sound like that's exactly what a true nomad in third culture kid would say I love it. yes yes <laughs> Like you, I'm um, I'm everywhere, and I feel home everywhere. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, okay, maybe this might even be difficult. What, do you have a favorite food? Like uh, the country with a favorite food? 
that that you know that you have, or do you like all? Uh, the well, yeah, yes, actually, that, 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 that I'm a little bit biased because um, I like the Thai uh, food um, in terms of the spices. Because ah. I'm, I'm more of the I like the spices, right? So African food is also really great because of all these different spices. Um, I'm living in the Nordics, so uh, sometimes the only uh, regret I have here is Nordic food, which is a bit bland, uh, to to be honest. Um, <laughs> Spicy food, uh, mostly Asia, Africa. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And uh, music, country the best music. Music, I actually listen to a lot of things. Uh, right now, mostly jazz. Wow, look at you, sir. Well, I'm very, very impressed. That's good. I, I love jazz. Um, <laughs> uh, the mission statement of this podcast is use your difference to make a difference. And that's the basis of what I do. It is my why. So I always ask my guests as we close how um, they particularly use a difference to make a difference. So how do you, Ian, use your difference to make a difference? Uh, for me, every little thing that we do can actually contribute into making a difference. Now, a lot of people will tell you we are time spec in the big, big universe. But one thing that you, we need to understand is that the time spec is part of that entire universe without us. There's no energy that we communicate to the universe. So every little thing we can do, I mean, to improve our lives, to improve the lives of others, and more importantly, to improve the future of humanity, I think that is where we contribute. In Penn, and why I started this company is on that particular direction. I wanted to be able to contribute to making lives better for this generation and for the generations that are going to come. Love it. Love it. You know, contributing to the future and making sure that we as a generation are more prepared for that. I love that. And it's on App Store, right? On Apple? And is it on Android as well? It's in, um, in, um, it's in Google Play, and it's in an Apple App Store. Uh, you just search for Pen or Pen Chat. Okay, awesome. All right. Make sure I put that in the show notes, and thank you so much for coming on the show, Ian. This has been very, very educational, as I said, and you made me seem intelligent just by being by sharing the stage with you, so I appreciate thank that. You, I appreciate it. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.